Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Listening makes us smarter, more connected people. It makes us better partners, parents, and leaders. And there's no better place to start listening than Audible. Audible is where so many inspiring voices and compelling stories open listeners up to new experiences and ways of thinking. Audible members now get more than ever before. Members choose three titles every month, one audiobook plus two Audible originals that you can't hear anywhere else. Members also have unlimited access to more than 100 audio-guided fitness and meditation programs. Audible delivers bestsellers, business, self-improvement, memoirs, and more, all professionally narrated by actors, authors, and motivational superstars like Rachel Hollis, David Goggins, and Mel Robbins. Audible members can also get free access to the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Washington Post delivered daily to the Audible app. With the convenient app, members can access Audible anytime, at the gym, while commuting, or on the go, and on any device. We'll always pick right back up where you left off. Audible also offers free and easy audiobook exchanges, credits you can roll over for a year, and a library you keep forever even if you cancel. Explore all the ways listening on Audible can help improve mind, body, and soul with entertainment, information, and inspiration. You can get titles from your favorite iHeart talent such as Chelsea Handler, Danny Shapiro, Charlemagne the God, and Bobby Bones on Audible. Start listening now with a 30-day Audible trial and your first audiobook plus two Audible originals are free. Visit audible.com slash iHeart or text iHeart to 500-500. Get your podcast. Now, your host, Ken Brew, on News Radio 700 WLW. I'll be the first to admit I can at times overreact to things. And I think if everybody is being honest with themselves, you suffer from the same thing, too. And I raise this because of what happened last night in the Reds game with the Texas Rangers. Now, look, the Reds are not good. They're not constructed in a way where they're going to contend. They're eight games out of first place. They've been eight games out of first place on and off for most of the last week. And, yes, they've shown some life at times, and oftentimes they have not shown life. But here we are, June the, what, 15th, middle of June. They're eight games out of first, seven games under 500. Constructed the way they are, the Reds are not going to contend this year. I mean, let's just get real about it right now. There's not going to be... Something magical that's going to happen. There's not going to be somebody that waves a a little wand over them over Great American Ballpark, and suddenly they're going to wake up and they're going to have the diversity or the talent or the chutzpah that the Milwaukee Brewers have, or for that matter, the Chicago Cubs have. Just not going to happen. So they either do something drastic, trade players away they don't want to trade, and get players in here that some team is willing to trade at this point on a rental, uh, which the Reds are not going to do. Or they can go out and they can try and somehow, some way, finagle a player away from another team that the other team doesn't really want to trade, but the Reds will dangle something there that makes it an enticing thing. Not going to happen. They may trade an existing player they're not going to get back after this season. We know who they are. It would be Yasuel Puig. That would be the, the, the number one guy that comes to mind at this point. Alex Wood is a rumor. We may never see Alex Wood pitch for the Cincinnati Reds. We certainly haven't seen anything of him since he arrived from the Dodgers. He's been hurt. So, okay, so you're not going to get anything for a pitcher who's hurt. Scooter Jeanette, they're not going to get anything for Scooter Jeanette because he's hurt. 
getting better. He's out in his Arizona. Looks like he's getting over his leg problem. But he's still a good two and a half, three weeks away from playing in a Major League Baseball game. He has to go through what he's going through in Arizona. Then he's probably going to have to play a good week's worth of games. Probably more than that to get into baseball shape. And even when he does come back, don't expect him to be some sort of, you know, leading the cavalry coming over Western Hills to save it. I raise this because everybody, and particularly everybody on the Reds roster, should know that this ain't happening this year. And last night, Tyler Malley did something that I think is inexcusable. He called his manager out. Called his manager out. David Bell is a rookie manager, but he has a lot of time and a lot of games under his belt managing professional baseball clubs. He managed with this organization at their AAA franchise, so he knows what the hell he's doing in a dugout. Malley is a young kid, a lot of promise, came up here at a very young age. But last night after David Bell took Tyler Malley out, one out into the fifth, Malley said this, quote, It hasn't been a good half, in my opinion, but there have been times when I've been yanked when I thought I was throwing a really good or decent game. He goes on. I haven't had many chances to battle into the sixth inning. I threw 96 pitches tonight, meaning last night, but the last time, that would have been uh, in yeah June 7th in Philadelphia. The last time, back to the quote. They took me out after five innings and only 73. In my opinion, I thought I deserved a chance to get out of the fifth or at least face the next batter. Well, good. I'm glad you got that opinion. You ought to have that opinion of yourself. You should have felt you could have stayed there and gone nine, but the manager didn't. And right now, last I checked, he's in charge. Oh, and by the way, Tyler, you got a pretty damn good rotation and a really good bullpen. And your pitching staff as a whole is the strength of your ball club. So somebody knows what they're doing when handling pitchers in that dugout. Somebody knows. It's not you. You talk to any pitcher anywhere at any time. And you ask him, can you get this batter out? Now the guy's arm could be dragging along the ground. His knuckles could be scraping the grass. It's so worn out. But he'll say, yeah, I can do that. Every pitcher worth his salt would say that. They would take the challenge. But when the manager sees what he thinks is best, not just for the team, but for you, there's one thing you do, and it ain't popping off after the game. It's handing the ball to the manager and walking off the mound. And then if you've got an issue with what the manager did, then you seek out the manager in his office, away from the glare of cameras and the crackle of microphones and the ink that goes on notepads. And you say, hey, what's going on here? And any manager, I don't care if it's a rookie manager, guy that's been there 15 or 20 years, he'll sit there and he'll tell you, this is my thinking, this is why I did it, and this is what it means to this team, not just tonight, but long term. So I want to think that this was just a young ball player making a mistake. But Tyler Malley is no rookie, and he's dealt with other managers before. And maybe it was just a one-time once when he was just overwhelmed by emotion. 
So you cut the guys some slack for that. But what he did last night is not something a veteran pitcher would do. It's not something a veteran pitcher would do. And uh, I think today there will be something in that Reds clubhouse generated either by Malley or by David Bell. But when you have a player saying that, particularly a player who is part of a roster that is the strength of that roster, the Reds pitching staff, strength of that roster, I think you look at the big picture and say, you know what? Somebody knows about what's going on a little bit better than me. Hand the ball to the manager, walk off the field, go to the locker room, ice down your arm, and if you got something to say, you go to the manager and you say it. Totally unnecessary last night. Just totally unnecessary. Your team got whipped 7-1. to Your team is struggling this season and mightily this season. You're better than what you were the last couple of years, but you're in no danger of contending for anything that happens after the regular season. I think unless they do something that drastically alters their everyday eight, and no, I don't think that's merely the addition of Scooter Jeanette when he comes back. I think they're going to have a hard time contending. Barring a catastrophic injury for any of these teams, Milwaukee, Chicago, St. Louis, Reds are going to have a tough time contending this year. Nobody thought they'd contend this year. I mean, really serious baseball minds didn't think this team would contend this year. They would be interesting. They would be better. They would win more games this year than they won any of the last five. But nobody thought they'd be contending. And so a lot of this stuff that happens is a is kind of a pleasant surprise every now and again. This team is still a good three to four players away. Three to four players from contending for a, a, a division championship or a wild card spot. And those three to four players, they're probably not going to get between now and September. Not going to get it between now and September. So that's where that's where I think the Reds are. That's where I think Tyler Malley has to understand where his team is and what they need from him. And that if he can just forget about these things or keep his mouth shut about these things and just concentrate on the next start he's going to make, which if you look at Malley's record this year, if you watch the way he's pitched this year, he's got a tremendous amount of potential. Tremendous amount of potential. I just think you keep your mouth shut and you just press on. What say you? 749-7000, the big one. Pound 700 on AT&T. Welcome to the show. Reds play tonight. So we'll have a full afternoon of discussion. First me, then Sterling. A lot to get to today on this show. Daddy shaming. Now tomorrow's Father's Day. Father's Day, and most dads tomorrow just want to take a nap. But there are a lot of people out there that are down on dads. And for what reason? Is it because of the way they interact with their kids? Is it because of the fact that maybe they're just not in the home a whole lot? You know, they're in the they're working or whatever. Maybe they took a hike on the family. Maybe they're deadbeats that don't pay child child support. Now, those guys ought to be shamed. Well, maybe it's just because dads inherently aren't the kinds of parents that, you know, pick a kid up and hug the kid and say everything's going to be okay. That's what moms do. But a lot of people want to put dads down because they seem to be, in a lot of people's misguided opinions, people that uh, that don't get it. 
We're also going to do one of the best gifts you can give your dad tomorrow. Now, it's not too late. You've got maybe a good five or six hours to get out and get this done. But we've got something I guarantee you haven't even thought of yet for your dad, and it's going to knock it out of the park tomorrow if, indeed, you go ahead and do that. Uh, There's an interesting lawsuit that's been uh, brought before the courts in the state of Washington. Six, uh, Six other states have jumped in on this, seven states in on this lawsuit on Amazon and what Alexa does and why it may violate federal law regarding the treatment of children. And if Alexa is silenced over this one, Jeff Bezos may lose uh, a little more money than just what he's losing from his divorce this summer. And then two-thirds of you, you may not know this, but two-thirds of you don't care about your job, could care less whether you do it right, wrong, or indifferent. And Gallup reports that employee engagement is on the rise, but 66, two and three, 60 cents, 6% of workers simply don't want to go to work, and when they get there, aren't inspired. What the hell is happening to the United States workforce? We'll dive into that today as well, plus a few turns here and a two here twist there. It's twelve nineteen. Ken Brew, Saturday afternoon. I'm glad you're with us on 700 WLW. UDF. 700 WLW, welcome back. Had he uh, lived, the great Harry Nielsen. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wilson would be 78 years old today. No, I can't forget this evening. Your face as you were leaving. But I guess that's just the way the story goes. That's, uh, by the way, on piano right there. And this song is Gary Wright, who had a hit himself a few years after this. My Love is Alive. But almost positive uh, that Jim Gordon's on drums here. And then the fabulous bass guitarist Klaus Vorman. Also on this song from Nielsen's 1971 album, Nielsen Schmielsen. Song written by uh, the guys in uh, Badfinger, Tom Evans and Pete Ham. They released it in 1970, but it was Nielsen that really took it to the top and made a hit out of this. Troubled guy. He was a partier late in life with John Lennon. Right up into the time that uh, John Lennon was was murdered. But uh, 78 years ago today, the streets of New York, he's a Brooklyn kid. Harry Nielsen came upon this earth. Died in 1994 out in California. What do we got here? Um, Cloudy? Well, that's what it is now. You can see that for yourself. Afternoon shower or storm. Well, you got to figure that's coming, too. It is June. Uh, and then tonight, mostly cloudy with showers and storms. 67 for the low. Tomorrow, more clouds. Showers possible. Get used to it. 84 for the high on Sunday. And then more rain coming on Monday and Tuesday. We are at 66 degrees at the Tri-State Severe Weather Station News Radio, 700 WLW. Let's go to the phones in the west side. Here is Rich. Rich, welcome to the show, and you go right ahead. 
Hey, but how you doing? I saw, uh, I was there last night, and I saw, uh, I would have probably kept Mally in for another, another batter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, the, but the guy, the guy, you said he has promise. He's 2-7 and seven with a, an ERA approaching 5. Yeah. They've lost 10 of the games he started. Uh, I would, I would, I would send a message to that guy and then send him right down to Louisville, and, and I would take, I would take Wandy Peralta with him. I will drive him down there. As soon yeah. as that guy came in the game, it was ball game. Well, uh, you know, uh, the, the thing about Malley is, and he sounds like you've watched him pitch a lot this year. I have too. It's not like he's, you know, he's just messing up all over the mound. He, he throws good pitches. He's got good stuff. I think he's been a little unlucky this year, too, with run support and stuff like that. But I think he's a good pitcher. But you can't do what he did last night after the game. You just you just can't do something like that. They need, they need to make a statement. They need to make a statement and send him down. They're serious about winning and owning the locker room and respect for the for your manager. Get him the heck out of here yeah. for at least a, for a game or two. What a, it will be interesting to see how David Bell handles this. I mean, it got out. I mean, it, w- it was nothing to get out. The quote was in the Inquirer this morning, and uh, so it's not like uh, it was surreptitiously acquired. There was a full gaggle of reporters around him, and uh, well, we'll see. We'll, we're gonna we're gonna see how David. This is, this is a test for David Bell in his first year up here. We'll see. How, we'll see what he does with this. And it was we'll a know. Very, yeah, the game the game last night was just pathetic. It was there was no energy at all. Yeah. Um, it was it was, it was you know <laughs> you get down there with your son and, and your family and it's just it, it, you think they need to go on a on a run here yeah. against a team that if you look at the lineup for the for the Rangers mm-hmm. they had one guy they had one guy batting three hundred everybody else was in two twenty two thirty yeah uh, and then you used three relievers to beat them it was just uh, it was a sad it was a sad night yeah uh, thanks for the call Rich it's Rich on the West Side re- uh, referring to the uh, what Tyler Malley said after the game and uh, again he he kind of I mean he questioned his manager you just can't you can't do that I'm, I mean it's just this this will be interesting to see how David Bell addresses this because this is a team that um, I think there was great interest in before the season you might not have been a lot of people were it was reconfigured after the trade with the Los Angeles Dodgers and the acquisition of Sonny Gray, and uh, it's been better. Uh, it's it's only, again, I say eight games out of first, which considering the one and eight start is is nothing short, I think, of miraculous. But fact of the matter is, as as this team is pieced together, it's just it's it, it's 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 been this way really since jump. It's just, it's not good enough to compete. And I don't know where you go to find players at this point to make that team better and inject a little bit of oomph in it. But I'll tell you what will take some life out of it is if you got a pitcher questioning why he was taken out of not one game but two. Not good. Not good. Not, not, nope, nope, not a good look. Not a good look. All right, straight ahead, do you hate your job? And if you hate your job, why? But if you hate your job, you're not in the minority. Now, how do you get to a point where you think it's good and you think your life is good? Oh, do I have somebody that's going to help you there? Yeah, I do. Why so many people just dread going to work? It's up next. You and me, 03 on 700 WLW.com. 12.38. I don't know if you saw this this week, but two-thirds of workers don't care about their jobs. Gallup had this uh, survey out. Well... Here's my question to you. If you're not geeked about going to work, what do you get geeked about? Coming home from work? Okay, maybe. 
But it's still, the fact of the matter still is one third of your day is spent on the job. So you're telling me you're okay with one third of your day being in misery? What? Doesn't make any sense to me. Probably doesn't make any sense to my guest, Dr. Willie Jolly. He's up, he's upbeat, and he's one of the best speakers on the planet right now. I mean, if you need a banquet speaker, this is your guy. I'm not trying to drum up support for him. He's got plenty of that. But maybe he knows why one-third of your day is spent in misery. Let's go to the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline, and let's welcome in Dr. Willie Jolly. Dr. Jolly, welcome back to 700 WLW. Well, my dear friend, Ken Brew, you know, it's ah. just a privilege and a pleasure, a treat and a treasure. Whenever I get an opportunity to be on with you, you're one of the iconic radio personalities in America, so I'm just so excited to be on with you again. Iconic. I don't need a vaccination for that, do I? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, man, it's good to hear you, boy. Yeah, yours too. Why do you figure people are so miserable on the job? Why do they let outside things control whether they're happy or not? Well, part of it is your input determines your output. So many people are filling themselves with negative input which impacts their output, it impacts their perspective about life. The, the Gallup poll said that 70% of people who go to work are disengaged, uninspired, and are just working for a check. They go there every, every day because they know at the two weeks or uh, four weeks, whenever they get paid, they're going to get a check. And that's all that they're motivated by. But we find that people who are happier at home and happier at work, at work live more fulfilled and excited lives. They have more excitement in every facet, every, every spectrum, and every part of their lives. So what we want to do is get people motivated about, one, being happy at home. Because many people, you know, we find people who tend to be happy at home, they tend to be happy at work. People who got drama at home tend to have drama at work. So what we're trying to get people to be is full-filled in every part, and that's where this whole attitude of excellence concept came up. Now, you, you remember, we've been, we've been talking for years. You remember some years ago, I, uh, I was there because we were talking about the fact that Ford Motor Company brought me in in 2006 right. when they wanted to break a bankruptcy. And they brought in a new uh, new CEO, Alan Mulally, who said we got to change the culture, and it starts by changing the, the thinking of the people in our organization, in our plants, in our offices. So they brought me in. I worked up in 2006, 2007, 2008, and in 2009, Ford was the only one of the big three automakers to be able to reject a government bailout. Mm-hmm. Now, they were able to reject about government bailout and go from making losing millions in 2006 to making billions in 2009. Well, the economy did not go up between 2006 and 2009. Things in America didn't go up. They went down. What changed? Thinking. When I was able to try and impact their thinking, it impacted their perspective about life, and Ford went on to become a winning company. And that's what we want to now do with other companies. We want to do with other organizations. We want to do with other people's homes. Change the thinking yeah. so that they can change their future. Yeah. Dr. Charlie, Dr. I will, I will uh, submit to you that in my time, one of the hardest things that I think any company, corporation, or for that matter, if you want to take it right to your house where you're living, one of the hardest things was changing the culture. And there's a lot of yeah. talk about it, but there weren't a lot of companies, there weren't a lot of CEOs that really wanted to put in the heavy lifting for that. Because it's more than saying, 
we're going to now be this, or putting up a, not, a lot of cute phrases on, in the entrance. Or putting up signs around the, the, the room at the lunchroom and say, okay, here's the sign. Yeah. Uh, have a good day. Right. Yeah, yeah it's exactly right. <laughs> it takes a lot of work. So, I mean, the, the sweat equity that goes into that, that a corporation will have to do, you have to do yourself in your own personal life, or you'll just be engulfed in this, Right. That's exactly right. You know, most companies, you're right about it, Ken. Most companies, they, they have lip service. They say, we want a better culture, but then they have a sign somewhere that says, the beatings will continue until your attitude improves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my so, gosh. So, as I say, the lip service, but you're right, it's a heavy lift because people are impacted before they get to work. Let's look at it. Most people, when you wake up in the morning, first thing you hear is how many people got killed, how many fires there were, how many uh, my children got snatched, how many uh, new terroristic threats there are. And it is this an incredulous way to start your day. You start off with nothing but bad news, mm. and you go through the day and it just gets worse. Right. So what we want to encourage people is, Start changing your input. Start with the book. In fact, I'm giving everybody who wants it a free chapter from the book. The, the, the whole Ford story. How Ford, now, Adam Malali, I give that away free. Go to attitudeofexcellence.com. Just go get it, attitudeofexcellence.com. And then we started putting good news into people's lives. Started putting daily radio. You know, my Sirius XM show is doing very well mm -hmm. around the country. Uh, try to give people some positive. Let me tell you something, Ken. It's not just impacting your work uh, habits. I truly believe, I truly believe that guy who went into the, the building in Virginia Beach and shot up all his coworkers, who this guy was no had no rap sheet, had no, no background of being violent, but I believe that all of that negative, negative thought and negative impact started to see his change his thinking and, and feed his thinking so that he would think negative, you think negative, you speak negative, you think negative and speak negative just a matter of time before you're going to do negative. Yeah, uh, we're, we're talking with uh, Dr. Willie Jolly. Uh, Doc, I'm going to give that website out again. I'm going to tell him about your book here in just a moment. But but you, yeah. hit on, you hit on something there, negative, 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 being bombarded by it. Look, it's easy yep. to blame social media right now, right? Everybody's on Twitter or Instagram and all that. How much is social media, in your opinion, because you and I were both around before social media, That's how, much, right. how much do you think social media is, is causing the, this negative feeling about where you work, where you live, your life, wherever it may be? Is it, is it, a, is well, it a big it, deal? It, it, well, it is a big deal if you allow it to be a big deal, okay? So we didn't have social media when you and I were growing up, mm. but we had rumors. We had people talking behind your back. Yeah. You know, for many years, I was a speaker in schools and youth. I did a PBS special for youth that became pretty popular around the world. And, and, and what I would tell the young people, if I came to you with a big gift box and it had a big bow on it and I wanted to give it to you and you said, no, I don't want it, who, who does it belong to? It still belongs to me until I receive it. I accept it. And so I say to people, people, social media, Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
never going to say anything because they're anonymous. Yeah. They can talk out of their, they can talk out of, out of their anonymity. So they can say any old thing. And they can say things they wouldn't say in person. But I had learned, I don't, I don't dwell on that. If it's not signed by somebody I know who's willing to say, hey, I, here's where I stand on this, or I, we can have a dialogue on it. If it's an anonymous or somebody I don't know, I blow it off. Mm. You know, imagine that you're walking down the street, Ken. And a man who who was uh, looked like he was, you know, maybe homeless or crazy or something came up to you and started calling you names, saying you're ugly, you 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 nothing. Would you pay him any attention? Of course not. No, because you knew he was he was crazy. And I keep, I keep him the hell away from everyone else because he may get a couple <laughs> amens on that stuff. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. him, you know he's crazy, so you don't pay him any attention. No. I say when people say things on social media, I believe they're crazy. Yeah. I don't pay him any attention. Dr. Jolly holds an undergraduate degree in psychology and sociology from the American University. I used to drive by that once wonderful institution every day for about five years when I lived wow. out there in D.C. Five years. Yeah. Every, out there in northwest Washington. Yes, sir. That's right. Uh, so, so the way we're talking here today and what you're saying is you have control over your life to dictate exactly how you feel about anything, and that includes whether or not you're happy. And I always say this, doctor, and tell me if I'm wrong. If you're not happy in a situation, you have the power to get yourself out of that, situ- out of that situation. But <laughs> along the way, figure out why you're not happy, or chances are you might be that way the next place you wind up. You're absolutely right. Maya Angelou has a wonderful quote, Ken, that says, uh, if there's something you like you don't like, change it. Mm. And if you cannot change it, Change your attitude. And so I say to people, if you're not happy in a job, I spoke last week for Gaylord National Resorts. I speak to a lot of big hotels about hospitality. I spoke to all of their their associates and all of their people, uh, 2,000 people. And I said to them, uh, you know, I told a story about when I quit my job and uh, my son said to me, Daddy, I thought you told me never quit. And he had a tear in his eye. I said, I told you never quit. Oh, and I said, I told you never quit. But sometimes you got to quit those things that keep you down, quit those things mm. that keep you bound. You sometimes got to quit to go up. Don't quit to give up, yeah. but quit to go up. Yeah. Anyway, I say to the audience after that, I say, now, am I telling you how to quit your job? And they, everybody said, no. I said, yes, I am. I'm telling you to quit your job. <laughs> I tell them, if you don't learn to love your job, if you don't learn to give your best, if you, you're doing this halfway, leave. Yeah. Because the American Heart Association, I spoke to them, they gave me a statistic. The number one time for people to have heart attacks in America is between 6 and 9 a.m. on Monday morning. Wow. People who get up and go to jobs they can't stand. Don't kill yourself on a job you hate. Quit and live your dreams. All right, Dr. Jolly's book is An Attitude of Excellence. Get the best from yourself, your team, and your organization. And, Dr. Jolly, that website again where they can get that free uh, chapter when you talk to Ford? Attitudeofexcellence.com. Attitudeofexcellence.com. And they can reach me at wjspeaks.com. And if they just say wjspeaks.com slash gift, wjspeaks.com says get to get even more goodies. So I'm trying to bless people every which way I can, kid. Well, I'll tell you what. i tell you to have a nice day, but I think you already got that part nailed. How about this? I woke up this morning without a chalk outline around my body. I said, it's a good day. <laughs> you're killing me. Ken, oh, we, you're the best, man. We will, the best. we will talk down the road, Doc. Thanks. Appreciate a whole bunch. All right. Have a great day, kid. Yeah. Bye-bye. Dr. Willie Jolly.
He's something else. We've had him on several times before. Again, his book is An Attitude of Excellence. Get the best from yourself, your team, and your organization. Now, I just want to say, if you can't be pumped up about life, your life, or anything in your life after listening to that man, man, you are dead behind the eyes. Just dead behind the eyes. But if, if he's, he's right on. I'm telling you, with the way we are here in this country right now economically, if you don't like your job... There are 1.7 million jobs out there waiting to be filled. This is a great time to be an employee and a not-so-great time to being an employer. I'm just saying. One uh, Coming up on 1250, much more to get to before we're finished today. Oh, you betcha. On 700 WLW. Cincinnati. 1256. Uh, this topic at 106 is... It's going to be a big story, and quickly, there are seven states now that are suing Amazon because of the Alexa device and uh, why it might be illegally recording kids. And because of that, and if it is indeed true, uh, that could put Amazon in a whole lot of trouble over child protection laws. So uh, we're going to get into whether or not that's happening. If you have one of those devices, listen up. That's today at uh, 106. Uh, back to the phones. On the east side, here is J.C. J.C., welcome to the show, and you go right ahead. Kimber, thanks. Hey, um, look, you can, I'm a season ticket holder, uh, 56 years old, been watching Red since I was a kid, little mm-hmm. kid. The, the, beyond the Maley thing, um, th- this organization <clears throat> is simply poorly run. I mean, you know they do a great job with PR and all that type thing from the top down. But if you if you really look at this organization, it's a poorly run organization. And I, look, I could pick it apart, man. I got a whole you know. You're talking about you're talking about on the field, JC on the field. I'm talking about in the office, front office right. down. Walt Jockerty's still part of this organization. His son Joe Jockerty, he's a one of the scouts. I mean, you know, you got Bob and his son. You've got the Bell Boys now. The way look, Dick uh, Dick Williams might be a great guy. Okay, he was a finance guy. He would not be a uh, what's his title today? President of baseball operations. Okay, look, he wouldn't even be in baseball if his last name wasn't Williams. And and, and with Cincinnati, probably nor would David Bell. Now, it's I mean, Walt Jockerty should have been run out of this town. With the with the Chapman trade alone, look at the Cueto trade, Bruce trade, Phillips, uh, uh, Phillips, Bruce, Cote, they got nobody back for these guys. So this year they've got five second basemen, and they move their number their number one pick three four years ago in the center field. Um, you, you you just can't make this stuff up. They're riding with Joey Votto hitting second. Joey Votto's not a second. Uh, place hitter, and his game is about as as awful as it could be. Somebody needs to smack him upside the head and say, "Get down on the bat, s- swing the bat." Jerry Votto's game is pathetic. I don't care if he's hit three hundred the last couple weeks. It's it's awful. But the, the, you sound upset. You sound upset. You sound. Well, like I'm not upset. Look, I talk to my, but we talk baseball every day. Yeah. Okay, I'm a season ticket holder down there, man, and. Uh, I've got buddies that have been fans for 60 years. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the fact is, this is a poorly run organization. You have Nick Crow, and he's probably a great guy. I don't know. He just got another title this year. Uh, attached a title VP something. Look, they had Dick Williams as a 
GM in training. Well, here's 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 the thing, JC. They didn't get they didn't get where they are, right? Overnight, it's been a long and and arduous process, and and an exercise in frustration and futility. And you could look at along the way, right now, in hindsight, along the way, at least in my opinion, five instances where they just absolutely misplayed the uh, misplayed the opportunity to get better. So I, I, I hear what you're saying. It is a, it is a business that is family based. There are just a lot of families, first, second generation families that are that are in there. I get that. Uh, yep. the, the problem the problem as I see it for this team is is they just have had such a really difficult time. And JC, as you might expect, we're up against the clock. The the, the problem for this organization for the longest time is that it just didn't get players from draft day through the organization and to the major league level with any kind of alacrity. It was, it just, it just, and the pipeline was clogged up for a majority of these guys along the way. So Sinzel is, is a multifaceted athlete. I'm not worried about him playing out of position. I am worried about Votto because he just is not the Votto we've known over the course of time. But, but over, overall, if you look at this team right now, it's better than what it was even last season. It's just not good enough. And when you're coming off of five years of fr- six years of frustration, not good enough in that six year has got a lot of people upset, and it should. Not good enough after six years is simply, no pun intended, not good enough. But do I think they're better now than they were a year ago? Absolutely. Absolutely. They didn't get here overnight. It's coming up on here. Well, look at that. It's after 101. News Radio 700 WLW. Now, your host, Ken Brew, on News Radio 700 WLW. If you own an Alexa, uh, an Echo, a Dot, whatever they may be, the Amazon device that makes allegedly makes all of our lives a little less complicated, you probably know, you should know that. There are things that you say while activating that device that are sent right back to Google for uh, its for its research and what you ask questions about and whether they're products or not and the product manufacturer may be alerted. It's a a very passive, uh, I, I guess passive would be the word, a very passive listening device. But there's nothing passive about it if you don't know that it's actually occurring. You should know. What happens if your kids are being recorded? How about your children? If there was a an Echo device that was purchased for the house, do you know that it is recording not your voice but your kid's voice? And because of that, is, is Amazon liable for massive damages? There it was a lawsuit filed in Washington State Court just this past week in a federal court in Seattle that says that Amazon's Alexa-controlled devices are violating that state's law and the lawsuit, which also lists seven other states, focuses on children being unknowingly recorded. How big of a piece of jeopardy is Amazon in now because of this? Let's bring into the conversational legal expert, uh, someone that's a, a, aware of this lawsuit and also the intricacies involved. He is Amos Warrench. 
And he's standing by on the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline. And Amos, welcome to 700 WLW. How are you on this Saturday? Thank you, Ken. I'm really well. Thank you for having me. Walk us through this. I think anybody that buys an Alexa, whether it's a Dot and Echo, uh, is probably Mm -hmm. aware that some of what they say could be sent back as information all the way back to Amazon. But I'm wondering, uh, unwittingly, if they don't, or unwittingly, if their children are recorded, are they just in ignorance of the law, or is this law applicable, in your opinion, in uh, in this instance, these seven states that have joined in on this lawsuit? Yes, well, it's a, there's a lot going on here, and the thing that, that is necessary for your listeners to understand is that the thing that Amazon and Alexa is doing differently, as alleged in the plaintiff's complaint, is that unlike something like Siri, mm-hmm. which is the... Apple's uh, similar voice recognition technology, Siri does not save an actual recording of the voice. It's sent to Apple, um, and they process it, and Siri... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Spawns, and then Apple deletes that recording. As alleged in plaintiff's complaint uh, in this suit against Amazon, what they're doing is their Amazon is rec- taking the recording and storing it indefinitely so that it can be used in other applications for Amazon. So if you have like an Alexa dot at your home mm-hmm. and you go to someone else's home, that has an Alexa dot, Amazon's voice print will figure out that it's you who is there, and that raises all kinds of privacy problems. Um, so your question, to get back to your question, was do, do I think the law will apply? And in my opinion, I think it will. Um, the, the law that they sued under is essentially the Privacy Act of Washington, California, Illinois, Chicago, um, and a few other states, Florida, I believe, where... Um, you have to have two-party consent for a recording. Mm-hmm. This lawsuit was not filed under the um, COPPA, the Federal Law Child um, Privacy Protection Act. This lawsuit was filed under the, digital, the, the two-party consent recording law. And they're saying that the kids did not consent to have their voices recorded. And I think Amazon's going to have a hard time defending. They what? have fine lawyers. Yeah. They're going to have a hard time. Look, a couple of things here. One, if you're not aware of this, when you use the when you use the word Alexa, that's what brings the thing to life, and that's yes. what starts the entire process that winds up with what you say being recorded and kept, perhaps in perpetuity, back at Amazon. Mm-hmm. But what I think you raised was a very interesting thing. If you walk into somebody else's house and one of your kids says something, or you say, "Doesn't matter." For, for this purpose of this conversation, that voice, your voice is recognized in a neighbor's house and sent back with your tag on it back to Amazon when you, ne- you never gave consent to that because you didn't give consent for, for, for what you said inside that house. Now, I, I think this thing opens up a whole Pandora's box over and above what might be applicable here with, uh, child, with the Child Protection Act. 
Yeah, no, I completely agree. It's, um, you know, something that people kind of understand, but maybe don't understand the details of, is just quite how insidious some of the data collection that goes on by some of these large data companies, some of these large tech companies. And, you know, the reason Amazon is allowing, so you could install Alexa on a fridge, mm-hmm. um, and the reason Amazon is allowing these fridge manufacturers and smart TV manufacturers and things like that to install Alexa for free without a license is because um, they want the data. They can use the data, leverage the data of where you are, what products you buy, sure. the kinds of questions you ask, you know, and sometimes they can be extremely sensitive private questions, you know, Alexa, what are the symptoms of depression? Um, and that could be, then be used to market to you. So they really want to know who is saying what and where. And um, the, the issue, as alleged in the lawsuit, is that the kids are being recorded um, and cannot consent to the recording. Mm-hmm. But as you correctly pointed out, there's more here than just yeah. the fact that the kids are being recorded. It's kind of insidious and perhaps should be regulated. Sure. Um, without uh, even worrying about whether it's children, I think, you know, adults have a right to privacy as well. Sure, well, and and, and it's not just these Alexa devices, the Echo, the Dot, whatever. Mm -hmm. If you've got, for example, a Fire TV, what do you think think that information is going? It's going right back to Amazon. Exactly. So, okay, so we've got... So we've got an issue here, both on the child underneath the Child Protection Act, which is where I yeah. think this thing will, in the in the in the in the uh, plaintiffs will be ruled in the plaintiffs' favor. But we also have we also have this this uh, this spying that's going on with these these devices, like we said, Amazon, uh, Alexa, the Fire TV, and all that. Here's my question. Here's my question. If indeed uh, the the uh, the judge, the jury, whatever it is, they rule in favor of the plaintiff. In other words, the the yes. people that are bringing this case forward. How does this change, in your opinion, or how would that change the way these devices work and how they, would they impact the way they work for us right now? What technology, in essence, would have to be taken out of these things so that there is not this spying that's going on? Well, I think that the, uh, the biggest measure of relief that the plaintiffs seek is actually an injunction. So they, they do ask for money. They ask for um punitive damages and uh, nominal damages in the declaration. But the biggest piece of relief that the plaintiffs are asking for is an injunction basically to stop Amazon. They're going to ask state courts in California and Washington State to enjoin Amazon so they have to stop indefinitely holding the recordings of children. And whether, you know, I, I at the beginning of my statement this afternoon, I said that I thought that the plaintiffs might prevail. But uh, I have a feeling that Amazon's going to fight this really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, one that, of the interesting things about the plaintiffs and their ability to prevail is their lawsuit is filed by one of the best law firms in the country. This is not an endorsement. I don't know any of those people. But Quinn Emanuel is the lawyers who files the class action lawsuit. Wow. And they are really fine lawyers, have um, a very, very good reputation. Among other things, the plaintiffs are requesting Amazon destroy recordings of yep. user interactions with Alexa-controlled devices. Uh, but I agree with you. I, I, I think this is, regardless of what the verdict is, and it's going to go up the court system, I think it could wind mm-hmm. up, because we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars here, I think it could wind up easily 
uh, in front of the Supreme Court. And then, almost Warrant, it's going to get interesting because what yeah. you have there, look at the composition of the court there, and you have this tug then in between uh, the privacy of the individual and the right of a corporation to sell a product that is completely advertised as an interactive device, and the mm-hmm. consumer should have known when he or she bought that device exactly what it does. I think it's going to be a fascinating argument if it gets to the Supreme Court, and I would see no reason why it would not at this point. No, I think you're absolutely correct. I mean, procedurally, there's quite a number of steps that have to happen before it gets there. But I wouldn't be surprised that if in three or four years, you know, we you have like a an originalist, constitutionalist, somebody like a Gorsuch or a um, Clarence Thomas, who's going to look at that and, you know, it doesn't strictly... Um, implicate the Fourth Amendment because there's no government actor. But they've, those two, uh, Gorsuch and Thomas, have been uh, pretty starch defenders of uh, the individual's right to privacy, except in the police context, and this is not the police context. I wouldn't be surprised if those conservative justices actually ruled against the business in this case. Yeah, and I, and, and then, honestly, I don't, I'm, not so, I'm not so certain. I'm not so certain that if you look at her... Uh, at, at, at what she's ruled on, both in the Supreme mm-hmm. Court and below it, I wouldn't be surprised if Kagan doesn't side with him as well. I mean, she's yeah. she's hardly someone that looks at something and 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 looks at it and say, "Oh, wow, uh, yeah, that's good for the consumer." Well, I mean, all of that aside, I I could see her siding with those two guys. So it may not yeah, be that- along it may not be along conservative liberal lines. Yeah, that's I, I completely agree, and that's kind of what I was um, alluding to when I was talking about Thomas and Gorsuch, because I think that, you know, most of the uh, Supreme Court liberals, if not all of them, are likely at this point, without, you know, having the procedure completed, like we don't know exactly what they would be appealing, mm-hmm. but I, I could see all of those liberal justices actually citing with yeah. the plaintiffs, but then I'm saying I think some of the conservatives might cross across. That's right. And, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if all of them did. I mean, there's a possibility that it's a 9-0. Could be. Uh, mm-hmm. Amos uh, Warrench, uh, legal expert, uh, this was good. It sheds light on something and hopefully uh, maybe set, sets people's antenna up just a little bit as to actually what's going on inside their living room and how it's affecting their kids, let alone Personally, what it might and- do with them. Yeah. I would never buy one of those things. Thank you so much for having me on. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, truthfully, I've got one, and I unplugged it. I did. I mean, the minute I heard that that was going on, I said, that's it. Allegedly, when you when, when you say the word Alexa, that's when it pops up. Now, if you got a radio on right next to that device, and I just said Alexa, it probably came on. But but that's it. You you could uh, you could be sitting there and they could say that in a commercial for Alexa on your television while you're watching it, and it could pop that thing on, and God knows what it's listening to, and sending it back. This is uh, this at the very le- at the very least. Now again, the the caveat to all of this is you have to know what you're buying and what it does and what happens when you bring it home and begin to use it. This is this is all on you if you're buying it. But over and above that, do you really want something in your house that's transmitting information about you to some multi-billion dollar a year company so they can then target you with, at the very least, advertisements and at the very most, find out exactly who you are 
and what kind of person you are and what your proclivities may be. I don't. I thought it was a nice gift. I unplugged it after about a month. It's coming up on 121. Ken Bruce, Saturday afternoons, and you on 700WLW.com. 700WLW. How about a little Waylon Jennings on this Saturday? A long time forgotten. Yeah. Our dreams have just fell by the way. Old Waylon had been 82 years old today. 82 years old. And the good life he promised ain't what she's living today. He and Willie Nelson wrote this song in a motel room in Fort Worth, Bacot, Texas. Complains of the bad times, of bad things he's done. Hey, it was after uh, Waylon saw an ad in a paper about an Ike and Tina Turner concert. About the good times we all know about Ike and Tina Turner and what Ike did to old Tina. And, well, Waylon got inspired after seeing She's the ad. She's a good-hearted woman in love with a good time. Now you're singing. She loves him in spite of his ways that she don't understand. Tell him about it, Waylon. They're sitting here waiting to get inspired by you, son. Through teardrops and laughter, they'll pass through this world hand in hand. A good-hearted woman loving her good time. And Willie and Waylon finished this song over a game of cards as they were passing the time. He likes the nightlife. It was back in 1959. Waylon Jennings was a struggling musician. Not getting much traction. Looking for a gig whenever he can find one. Fella Texas boy by the name of Buddy Holly went to him and said, Hey, Waylon, I'm uh, fixing to go out on this tour. And I could sure use a bass player. You interested? Well, since he had about 38 cents in his pocket, Waylon Jennings said, Yeah, well, man, I, yeah. Cavalcade of Stars was. And so Waylon Jennings went on out on tour with Buddy Holly. She's a good woman. And one night in February of 1959, Buddy Holly told Waylon Jennings, Got us a plane here, Waylon. We're going to fly to the next place. I'm sick and tired of riding that bus. Waylon Jennings gave up his seat at the last moment. He lived. Buddy Holly. The Big Bopper. Richie Valens. Well, we know what happened to them on that night. Waylon Jennings died in 2007. Diabetes. Hard living. Good singing. Ain't nobody in the Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Three country music, Black she Whale. Loves me in spite of the wicked ways that she don't understand. 130 News Radio, 700 WLW. Through teardrops and laughter, we'll pass to this world. 138 News Radio, 700 WLW. Welcome back. Tomorrow, of course, is Father's Day. I've long said dads get a bad rap. It's the very small percentage, and I think it's it's a small percentage. And, of course, the way I think about these things, I don't have any data in front of me, so I'll 
just tell you what I think anecdotally. Uh, the great and the overwhelming majority of dads, if they're in the home with the child and the mom and all that, that they're good parent. They want to make sure that their kids are raised properly. They want to make sure that they have what they need, clothing and food and a roof over their head. If they're not inside the home and if perhaps the marriage is broken up, I want to believe, and I think overwhelmingly, most fathers are not deadbeat dads. I don't think that if there's uh, child support involved, I don't think that's being withheld. If there's child support uh, involved in a divorce settlement, I, I, I believe that most men pay that money. Now, maybe in your life that didn't happen. Maybe statistic would change the way I feel. I just, I know too many men that are, that are divorced with kids that are doing the right thing. And I know an over, overwhelming number of dads that are inside the home that are doing the right thing. But on the news, you'll see things like deadbeat dad doesn't pay his child support, uh, walks out on the family, uh, abuses a child. Forever it may be, that seems to uh, be the thing that gets the most headlines, and it seems to be the thing that folds back on the dad. Now, I'm not saying poor dad, poor me, poor anyone else. I'm just saying that's the way I sense that it is. And so because of that, I think dads get a bad rap. There's something called dad shaming. Uh, there was a, 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 a survey done, a, a study done here recently that found that 44% of the time a family member will criticize a dad for the way that they have disciplined the child. And the way a dad handles the discipline of a child comes under scrutiny if it's not perhaps on the same level or the same wavelength as what the mom may think the discipline for the child should be. Uh, 40% of dads were shamed involving the kind of food they gave the, the kid and not not paying enough attention to, to the child was another thing that brought uh, this kind of uh, contention upon the dad. So I'm just wondering, am I out of sync here with the way dads are or are dads just really right now having a rough go of it? As I said, tomorrow is, uh, is Father's Day and uh, joining us on the line is somebody who knows a lot about the way dads interact with kids and families interact with each other. She's a licensed professional counselor. She's been on the show a couple of times before, and it's always great when we can get Elizabeth Scrivener on with us to talk about things like this. And here she is now on the, the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline. And, Elizabeth, thanks for joining us on this glorious Saturday. How are you today? Happy Father's Day to me. Yes, to you. Why not? Absolutely. Right? Um. Yes, and, um, okay, so I know we have a time limit, so let's make sure we'll start with what you talked about, but I also want to talk about three quick things of, like, how to move forward at the end. Let's, and I don't, I won't need long for that, but I want to talk Elizabeth, about... Elizabeth, who, who are you to tell me how to do a talk show? <laughs> I love it. I'm a zero, I'm a zero out of ten, and to tell you but, I thought it could be a hopeful way to end. No, 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 listen, it's fine. Well, let's talk about what I just talked about. Do dads yeah. unnecessarily, or in any other way, do they, do they draw too much criticism in, in this day and age? And how much of that is because of what we see in the news? I'm just wondering what you think about that. I mean, I don't know how much people rely on the news to make their opinions. That I can't answer. I love the word that you thought. What would you say, like the past? Yes. Like, and you, know, you said this day and age. Well, this is the problem. We're in a new day and age. Mm. So we had a past, and the past was called 
the dad went to work, and the mom raised the children. Mm-hmm. Well, that changed a long time ago, yes, but guess did. what? <laughs> it is, we have not changed a lot of the way that we do things. Now, some of them I don't think are going to change. I think stereotypes are there for a reason, and that's because a lot of times they're true. They're not sexist or racist. They just might be true. Mm-hmm. And one of them is sometimes moms spend more time studying around the kids um, because of how they were made. And, again, stereotype right. A lot of people can sit outside of that. But they do all this and or they are spending more time with the children. And so when you do that, then dad comes in, and more in the past, I feel like, than now. But dad comes in and just, you know, happy to be there, brings in whatever. It's dinner time and brings in donuts. Mm-hmm. And is that the end of the world? No. But it, are we trying to do a pattern of something? And then they get criticized, yes. But I also don't make sure you know this. Oh, moms get the same shaming. It's just from other moms and other family members. Yeah, there's shaming sure. going both ways, sure. but I think we've got to make some changes. So you're saying that, and again, uh, you know, the age-old uh, definition of mom, dad, house, home, mm-hmm. kids, and all that, uh, that went off the rails a long time ago. Ozzie and Harriet went off TV 50 yeah. years ago, all right? So now uh, we're not even modern family anymore. We're, we're We're probably not only, we're not even married with children anymore because... There are all these different things that are pulling us in different directions. And old dad, who, as you said, went to work, you know, brought home the check once a week, and that was about his his input into the family, that's gone. That's done because chances are mom is working, and chances are the kids have got to go three places at one time. I think what you're saying is, is what in some instances, mom has to step up her game, but in a lot of instances, dad's got to realize that it's not 1982 anymore. No, 52. How about that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, my right, regardless of 8252, am I right? It's changed. The game yes. changed, right? Oh, it's changed. I will say I do believe men and women are made differently a lot of times, and everything's on a spectrum. But there is an aspect to a woman, and I think a lot of people who listen to your show will appreciate that men and women are different. And so a lot of times, especially when the kids are younger – the ways in which you nurture little kids may be more of interest and come easier or you study it to a mom. Fine. I don't, I don't think, I don't, honestly, I mean, having gone through that, uh, Elizabeth, yeah. I don't think, and I, again, I'm throwing myself into this group, I don't think men yeah. have, a little, have a lot of interest in that. I think they have, okay. I, I think they have yeah. a decided less interest in, you know, taking the rug rat in the car and, you know, taking them around town and doing this and that, or just as I said, bringing home the check and taking a nap on a Saturday. I think that's, I mean, I, I, I don't think and that's that not changed. necessarily a negative. Like we can't just make that bad. Mm. What we have to do is understand what it's going to take as a society. And that's why I was kind of like, okay, we got to get to this other part. But, but there, there's three things that I want to say when they talk about shaming, I think part of it is this. As parents who are very busy, you kind of, you're, you, let's pretend it's your first baby and you think you got this, right? Yep. And like you and I both know, nobody's got it no. at all. Nope. But then you go along and it starts to get more overwhelming. And the thing is, is that there's a lot of times you don't come up with a plan. The second thing is people don't consider their tone. Mm-hmm. Tone is a lot. 
And then the other thing is to respect what does the other parent bring to the table. And if we did those three things, it would make things a lot easier. Sure. Perfect? No. Sure. Well, I mean, for an example, if, if, if we play a role uh, thing here, and let's say, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mom is taking care of, of the baby, and she, that, that's her prime focus in the house, and dad's out working. Uh, dad, how much do you think it would cost you if you had somebody in this house doing that job for you? And, and, and what value would you put on it, not just taking care of the house, but raising your child? I forget. There was a number that came out on that, Elizabeth, not too long ago. It was a fairly significant figure. So it's just... a, Yeah, it's almost impossible, especially right. if you factor in things that you can't, it's hard to put a number on. Mm-hmm. You know, if the mom is really putting her all into it. And then, by the way, men are out working. Well, what do women look like when they're at work, typically? And I know this is going beyond our scope a little bit, but I mean, they at least got showered probably and got dressed. Right. And right. maybe that mom is not because she's really trying her hardest. Right. And so then it just becomes negative. So I think we really have to go back to coming up with a plan and tone on both parties is really huge. Hey, you said that now you've said tone twice. What do you, what do you mean mm-hmm. by tone? I mean, in, in the way there's interaction like between them? Like, this. what are you talking about? I mean, do you not even know what I've been doing all day? Well, I get or... that now. My kids are raised, and I get that now. Oh, well, not from them, but oh. from, from mom. Oh. Yeah, like, oh. You know, mm-hmm. oh, of course you do. Yeah, yeah, I mean, please. <laughs> I mean, of course. Yes, I get it, but times three, three right. teenagers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But you're right, but tone. In other words, you know, you have to have a respect for what the other partner is doing. And that all folds back to your first point is you got to have a plan. And that plan generally you, know, you come up with before the due date, right? No. <laughs> come on. I mean, <laughs> no. We're talking, we're talking baby bliss in most cases unless somebody's vomiting the whole time. But we have magical plans then. Fine. We need to think it's rainbows and unicorns at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a continual changing plan, hmm. and that's what I, that's the other three things that I wanted to say to you today is this, is that, you know, so going forward for dads, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times when they come into my office, you know, it's like if we're going to talk negatively about something dad's doing, I mean, I can really shore a lot of stuff up with this. I'm not asking you to work 12 hours and then now work another five. I'm asking you to give your child undivided attention for five to ten minutes a day. And I don't care if that's at seven, take them to school, um, on the phone, let's pretend they're in college or out of college, like devote five to ten minutes a day mm-hmm. to them. Right. Not a- that really is manageable. Right. Most people are like, oh, I could do that. Now, if it develops into more at dinner, great. Right, right. The other thing is get involved. So you may not be doing the day-to-day activities, but if you were to kind of understand, and I think this goes both ways, we could flip it on moms, but if you understood kind of what it took, not just you don't want to do it, but like literally life or death, these people or these little children of ours, like they don't survive if we don't do it. Mm -hmm. The pressure builds. So just kind of understanding and getting involved in what that day looks like. And then I think the third thing, and this one I love the most, for the dads, get to know your child. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was the most fun I ever had with my kids when they were of of an age where 
I could take them out on a weekend Saturday. I would give my wife a break. You could have the whole day. I got them. And we'd go out, and you'd sit there, and you had, Elizabeth, you would have the most outrageous conversations with, like, a six-year-old and, and a three-year-old. You'd be sitting there, and they would be telling you things that they think was so important and so interesting, and were, like, off the charts. And I'm sitting there saying, really? And then I would just laugh, and then I, when I would go home that night, I would relate to my wife, their mom. I, I, I would tell her, mm-hmm. she, she said, oh, that was Guess what? I get that six days a week. These conversations, I don't know where they're coming from, what they're going. But I, but I, uh, we both agreed on uh, on this. We said, you know what? I wouldn't want it any other way because these kids at this age are so funny. And as they progress oh. along, I will understand them better at age 12, 14, and 16 yes. for having gotten to know them when they were three, six, and nine. Oh, amen to that. Yeah. And, 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 it beca- and, and, and parenting, fatherhood becomes... It becomes easier because it's not like you're trying to turn on the daddy switch when no. you know they're they're teenagers. You don't have you to worry do about it. that. No, you can't. It doesn't well, work. You can't. You're not re- because you know why. And I I have to say this to a lot of dads. They don't respect you right now, and respect is earned. Mm-hmm. Now, are we supposed to just give it to you? Yes, but is it fixable? Yes. Yeah. I mean, truly, and I'm sorry. It is if you are now God again. It's, it's, it, can, it can be annoying, but I'm, it's true. Yeah. It is, it's very true. Kids are jumping to forgive both of their parents. And so, and I'm sorry, you know, just goes a long way. Absolutely. And a little bit of time. And then the other thing I want to say is this. If you're on social media, you can learn a lot about your children, especially girls. You can kind of watch. Get to know who are their friends, what's going on. You, then you're not, you're just kind of, you know, Seeing like how things are going, and I'm not—I don't care. Like a lot of dads will be like, "I don't want to do social media. I don't care what you want. I'm right. asking you to parent, right. and not to get them in trouble, and not to say anything. But it's a way of just saying, okay, what's important to my child right now?" And I will say this, Elizabeth, and you may disagree with this: your kid at that age—you talk about social media, preteens, and all that—they mm-hmm. need a parent and not a friend. They can find other friends. They need you to be a parent. Because if you're just, I, I, I hate it when I hear people, oh, I'm, I'm her best friend. Well, that's great, except she really needs a parent, not a best friend. So this is what I say. Is this going to be okay? You, you counsel me. Okay. So I am my kid's best friends, and they know it because I chose it, and they didn't get a choice. Mm-hmm. It's kind of humor. But believe me, now my next line is this. You are my best friend, and right now I am parenting, and this is going to get tough. And so right now I'm stepping in because I believe there's a lot of crossover in best friends, but then there's a line that's called, God gave you to me, and right now I really don't care how smart you are. I really don't care how amazing you are, but you're going to respect me and you're going to do what I say. Yep, you're right. Absolutely. But I do want to be their friends, like when they're, you know. When they're in their twenties, I hope I'm friends with them. Well, that's different. They're twenty; they've lived life or a large part of it, and it's not like uh, you know they're eight, nine, and ten and think they're twenty. That's no. that's that's the important part, right there. But at twenty, don't get me wrong; don't let anybody confuse you. And my kids know this. I'll walk right in. I'll walk right in as a parent then too. I think I don't think I can stop myself. No. I'll tell you what, you're right? a mama bear. Hey, Elizabeth. Oh, you know I am. Always great stuff. Elizabeth Scribner, thank you so much for your time again today on 700 WLW. We appreciate it. Thank you. There you go. Dad shaming. Sometimes I guess 
It's apropos, but you can change. Coming up on 155 News Radio 700 WLW. Now, your host, Ken Brew, on News Radio 700 WLW. Well, just in case you've yet to get something for Dad tomorrow for Father's Day, why don't you uh, do what a lot of dads probably want to do? And that is give him a give him some money, or better yet, give him a gift certificate that will allow him to look better, stronger, and younger. Because you know what's going on right now in the world of manhood. Just for all you ladies out there, there were 1.3 million cosmetic procedures done on men. 1.3 million performed in 2018, and we're talking about. Liposuction, uh, maybe a little chiseling here or there. Guys want to look good, too. And if they can't get there on their own, well, then there are people out there that can help them get to that. And that might be a good gift. You know, you don't hand somebody a gift certificate and say, man, you look horrible. Here, go get some work done. No, 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 no. I'm saying that there may be an opportunity for you here before tomorrow to get something like this accomplished for your guy. Plastic surgery is being embraced by men all over. They're daddy do-overs. And guys just want to look fit, trim, and younger, just like women. Dr. Ron Bosley is a dermatologist. He knows all about this because he's part of um, the, the profession that helps guys get where they want to go. In fact, he, and this is the most important thing, board-certified dermatologist and uh, Dr. Bosley is seeing a number of male patients looking for Botox, injectable fillers, things like that. And he joins us right now on the AcuteHearings.com hotline. And, Doctor, how are you on this Saturday? And thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm pr- feeling pretty good. Well, good. And you're making guys look pretty good. That's got to feel, uh, that's got to make you feel pretty good, too, doesn't it? Absolutely. It's very rewarding. You know, men uh, increasingly are becoming more aware of self and self-appearance and also becoming more aware of what can be done to help improve some of the challenges that we may face. Well, sure. And, and, and men face the same challenges as women, maybe not so much in, in, in the circles of society or circles of after hours, but certainly at work. Uh, you're in there with 20 and 30-somethings, and let's just say you're a 40 or 50-something. Uh, you want to make sure that you don't look like the old guy at the office anymore, and that's what some of this stuff is that we're talking about. Exactly. Uh, I have a quite a few patients, male patients, coming in just looking for a refresher, looking for something to uh, keep some of the, the signs of masculinity, some of the, some of the aspects of the look that, uh, you know, give us our personality, but, you know, aging handsomely, aging gracefully is what a lot of men are looking for these days. Sure. Uh, and, and Botox is one of those things. Women use Botox. Yeah, me and men or man or woman. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, 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 I was on local television in this town of 45 years, and I have these really deep laugh lines, and I wanted to get those somehow, some way addressed. And so I got a little filler in there, a little, you know, a little make-me-look-younger stuff. I forget. I think it was called Juv- exactly. Juvederm, I think is what it was called. But my, my point being is, is I, you know, I wanted to look like, you know, I tried to look like when I was 30 years old. And I, 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 I don't think I'm atypical there. And I don't think 
Uh, Botox is atypical anymore for men. How 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 prevalent are Botox injections now for guys? Very prevalent. I would say, you know, if you're looking five years ago, maybe one out of every 20 patients were a male seeking Botox. And now it's maybe one out of every five, one out of every eight. I mean, it's, it's becoming more popular. And you, you exactly describe what men are looking for. They're kind of looking to soften some of these changes that are happening, you know, soften some of the laugh lines, soften some of the wrinkles, uh, instead of completely eliminating. Because, you know, as a man, it's expected for men to have uh, some sign of aging, but oftentimes Botox is used at varying doses to, to soften the appearance and to give that, that youthful look that we've had uh, in decades prior. And, and Botox, if, if, correct me if I'm wrong, Doc, uh, it's, it's not expensive. You'll have to do it. Uh, you'd have to, you have to stay on top of it. It's not like you get it once and that's it for the rest of your life. You'll, you'll have to get into a program where you get an update every three, more, three or four months, but it, it's not overwhelmingly expensive, is it? Correct. Uh, unlike fillers, which can last 12 to 24 months based on the type, Botox lasts around three months, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not very expensive. It's a great investment to keep your skin from aging so that you have to do less later. You know, men and women alike these days are seeking cosmetic procedures earlier as to prevent needing to go under the knife later in life, facelifts and other procedures that are a little bit more costly as well as more intense. So, you know, a small dose of uh, Botox every three months or enough to get the results you're looking for is a great investment if you're looking to to prevent it, going under the knife or more uh, heavier cosmetic procedures. Other than Botox, what, what are men now going to see doctors like you for? What other procedures are, are kind of uh, in vogue now for guys that want to look a little bit younger? Well, you know, men uh, want to address wrinkles. They want to address uh, pigment, brown spots, and age spots. So chemical pills, laser surgeries, laser procedures are, are very uh, common. And also skin tightening, whether it's skin tightening on the body, if you're looking for a little body contouring to melt a little bit of the dash from it, or if you're looking to uh, fix some of the, the the loose skin on the face or neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are other pr- cosmetic procedure, laser procedures that I'm seeing men coming in more often for. Yeah, and 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 it's changed. These procedures are changed. If you if you were a guy back in the in the 80s and you wanted a nip and tuck or you wanted a face, I mean, we're talking about scalpel cut, uh, sew, and and you know just go away for like two or three work, weeks goodbye. But now you exactly. you do you do have lasers, and I'm sure the downtime is nothing like it was even 20 years ago. Absolutely. I mean, we're looking at uh, sometimes lunchtime treatment that men and women, uh, but men specifically, can come in and get a treatment every three to four weeks and progressively improve the appearance of the skin rather than having a surgery where you have to hide from the uh, from your family or from, from friends uh, with the stigma of plastic surgeries back in the day. Yeah. And so, you know, downtime is down to a few hours, up to seven weeks, or sorry, seven days for some of the procedures, but much less than, than cosmetic surgery previously. Dr. Ron Bosley's our guest. We're talking about uh, a little daddy do-over from the uh, from the body standpoint. I I, I kind of think, uh, doctor, that one of the big things that men have to get by is that it's okay to do this. Uh, I think you know ingrained in a lot of us is, is you know we're we're guys. It's okay to have these rough-hewn exteriors, and you know women are mm-hmm. different because they want to look younger. And let's face it, I mean. 
Uh, that's, uh, you know, women want to look, they've always, since time began, wanted to look younger. And, and I get guys aren't that way, but we talked about the pressures of the office and we talked about how trying to stay in a, in a position where you're not the oldest looking guy there. I think men more and more are coming to the, to the altar on this thing, but it's still not like women. My guess is, is even in casual conversations with your friends or other, or other, other guys, it's probably, it would probably take a while to convince them that this is okay and that it's okay for a guy to do that. Is, am I right? Well, I think it is changing slowly. A lot of the uh, cosmetic companies and uh, organizations that are marketing to men have done a great job to increase said marketing so that men can see themselves in the images of commercials or advertisements and say, well, that guy's getting it and are more comfortable because it's, it's out in the public, whether it's social media, digital media, other print media. They're showing men getting these procedures and showing men aging gracefully. And I think that has opened up a lot of eyes for us men that, well, we can get something done. It's not as uh, there's no stigma uh, towards it as it was maybe in the 80s or 90s. You know, I know some plastic surgeons here in the greater Cincinnati area. They tell me male patients are more of a pain in the butt than female patients. That's just a lot more hand-holding that goes on. Is that true? Well, you know, if you if you let my uh, – a lot of my patients will admit to that. Um, you know, I, I, my female patients can tolerate discomfort a little bit more uh, uh, no pain, no gain kind of attitude. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of that is just uh, – we're new to this, not knowing – uh, how some of these procedures are go. We don't have friends. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Since it may be, I've gotten Botox and fillers for years to kind of help guide us through it. So it, it, it is a lot of education, a lot of hand-holding. But, um, you know, a lot of these procedures are pain-free. You know, a lot of precautions are made. And it's pretty easy. So it's a great gift idea for 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 dads and yeah. husbands who are looking for a refresher. I think so. You know, the, you know, go buy uh, go buy dad a little bit. Now, look at it. if you're you and I both know, Doc, if you're you're married to a woman and you hand her a gift certificate for plastic surgery, it probably isn't going to go over <laughs> well, right? But if you're nah, if nah. Not, but if you're you know daughter son, you know here dad pop, look at this. You're going to look at uh, you know uh, his dad did this and he looks great. You're going to look great. And the way I look at it, at it is is this way. You know when you get to a certain age in life, you can go to the gym, you can exercise as much as you want, you can hit the weights and all that, but you still have a lot of things hanging around like flabby skin. They're not going anywhere. No matter how hard you right. work out. I mean, this is just stuff that happens when you're older. So you can do a little this and a little that, and if you still go to the gym, chances are you're going to look decades younger than what you are. And who wouldn't want to spend a little money to look decades younger than what you are? I probably sound like somebody that's driving business to you, but I'm just saying, I think <laughs> it's just human nature. If you got a chance to look 20 years younger, who wouldn't want that? Exactly. I mean, if you look good, you feel good. That's Absolutely. the old saying, and I think it it rings true with this. So. Uh, small cosmetic procedures are, go a long way, especially as we as we age.
Okay. And it's very well encouraged in the men population. All right. So the first time you did a facelift in your in your life, you know, you're fresh out of out of med school and you're doing a facelift for the first time. Just admit it, you were scared to death, weren't you? I mean, if you sneezed or something like that, you ruined somebody forever, right? You were very nervous on your first one, weren't you? Well, uh, yeah. Obviously, the, <laughs> these are very intense things, especially yeah. for the parents who would hate to ruin right. that, and that's. I'm glad you mentioned it earlier, and that's the benefit of going to someone with training, going to a board-certified dermatologist or board-certified plastic surgeon who has that experience will definitely make you more comfortable as a consumer or as a patient. Well, Dr. Ron Bosley, uh, uh, good luck with your practice. By the way, where do you practice out of? Are you you Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, Texas, California? Where are you? Um, I'm at Prison Dermatology in South Lake, Texas. Yeah, and so you you have a steady flow of customers down there, right? Steady flow. Uh, you know, always building, always looking. Actually, we're having an event just for men this upcoming week to kind of educate them on what can be done uh, on uh, whether it's you're losing hair or you have too much or you want a little fill here or get rid of wrinkles. Right. We're having a men's specific event just for that. Yeah, everybody's got to get something they got to get done. Prism Dermatology, P-R-I-S-M, Dermatology, or one word, dot com. Uh, Dr. Bosley, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Have a good one. Everybody wants to look their best. Look, I'll be honest with you, even though it may not appear to be this way. I've had a few nip and tucks done. I just think over the course of 45 years, particularly if somebody is operating, shall, I, shall you say, in the uh, public eye, uh, you want to look your best. Uh, and sometimes your best just ain't good enough. So, yeah, I've seen some folks. Why not? You know, it's just, it's the new day. Now, would your dad have gone to get something that done? No, probably not. Uh, And there's probably some people that are just of a certain age. They wouldn't think about it. But when you're getting your heels nipped by somebody 20 or 30 years uh, younger than you at the office, and you're walking around like in a three-piece suit, or you're walking around in, you know, uh, you know, open-collar disco shirt, First of all, change your wardrobe. Second of all, you may want to just get a little something, you know, fixed along the way so you don't look like everybody's grandfather. Maybe you just like look like their father. You just want to eliminate the grandfather kind of look. And that's why guys like Bosley stay as, uh, as busy as they do. 749-7000-1800, the big one. Would you ever consider having a nip and tuck, or have you ever had a nip and tuck just to make yourself look a little younger? Share your stories with us. Bear your soul. Tell everybody how much better you looked and why you're happy you did it. Because it made you look younger. It's 120. Somewhere. It's 220 here on 700 WLW. 700. WLW. Welcome back to the festivities. I am Ken Brew. Uh, maybe an afternoon shower today. I'm sorry to break that news to you, but that's what it says here from the 9 of First Warning Weather Center. Uh, tonight, cloudy, maybe a storm, too. Tomorrow, cloudy, maybe a storm, too. Monday, cloudy, maybe a storm, too. You notice a pattern here? Well, welcome to June in Cincinnati. 78 for the high today, 67 for the low tonight, 84 for the high tomorrow. We are currently at 72 degrees. At the Tri-State Severe Weather Station, News Radio W700 WLW. Uh, By the way, 34 years ago today, the group known as Dire Straits 
started a nine-week run at number one on the U.S. album charts. Yes, the album was Brothers in Arms. Seventh best-selling album in the history of the United Kingdom. And on this side of the pond, won a couple of Grammy Awards. That's how good this was. That's how good Mark Knopfler was. And as the story goes, Knopfler was looking for a way to get any of his songs on MTV. So he called MTV and said, how do I get one of these songs on your television network? Well, the guy running the show at MTV said, look, here's what you got to do. Write a hit song and let one of the top directors in the world make a video. So Knopfler said, okay. So the song was a hit. The director was spot on. And it became a staple of MTV back in the early days of such. Oh, and by the way, the guy that is chanting, I want my MTV, is none other than Sting. Yeah, that's Sting. 34 years ago today. 228. We are uh, talking about a number of things, including Father's Day tomorrow. We talked uh, just a little while ago about, you know, getting Dad some cosmetic surgery for Father's Day. Why not? I think he might take it as a compliment. We're also talking about how dads oftentimes just get a bad rap when it comes to parenting. And that now brings us to the phones and Winton Woods and Chris is on the line. And Chris, you go right ahead. Hey, Ken. Hey, Chris. Uh, I'm out here hitting golf balls. But uh, interested in your topic. And, you know, I think the, the best thing a dad can do is, is help his team and his team is his, his life and his kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think staying with that team, you know, I mean, I think, I think it's good to give your kids attention, but I think the kids also appreciate the attention to the to their mother and Amen. Amen. you know to her concerns. Yeah. Um, what you can show your child is what a good parent is, and I think a good I think good parenting begins with respecting the other parent. Yeah, and working as a team with him or her so that the child isn't getting mixed messages, and the child can also see that, hey, this stuff actually works. I think that's the number one thing a dad can do. Yeah, and I think, Ken, I mean, I'm I'm glad you got plastic surgery or yeah. a little nip stuck or yeah. work. Are you going to get some? Are you going to get some, Chris? Uh, I'm not going to be getting any, but... Oh, sorry about uh, that. I think it's, it's important to stay true to who you are and right. be who you are. And I think, you know, you look at some of the celebrities... Whether it's you know Bill Clinton or or Bill Cosby, and they really weren't being true to who they were, um, you know their grandparents in life. Yeah. Go be a grandparent. Right. Don't be a playboy. Yeah, you're right about that, man. It's, it's who you are, and and uh, in the end, it you it will come out who you are, even if you get a little nip and tuck and get rearranged. See, I got rearranged, and I was the same guy I was before then, which isn't good. 2.30, News Radio, 700 WLW. Having machine. Two thirty-seven News Radio, 700 WLW. I am 
Ken Brew. Proud to be with you on this 50,000-watt mother flamethrower. At the top of the hour, Sterling is in. He will solve all of the world's problems by 6 o'clock and create about a half dozen more, and then I'll have the inside pitch. And we'll see if the Reds play tonight or not. Ain't looking too good out there now, kids. Now, one of the things that uh, I really like about uh, a major golf tournament being played on the West Coast is that you can go home and watch live golf at 8 o'clock at night. In fact, I don't think that third ra- the uh, second round of that uh, U.S. Open finished until about 5 or 10 after 10 last night. It's just kind of neat watching that stuff. Gary Woodland at the uh, at the beautiful score. I mean, a beautiful score yesterday of uh, 65. At nine under par, leads it by two over Justin Rose. And Rose's two rounds have been nothing short of terrific either. And there is no one except one golfer. No one except one golfer. Within with the lead or within seven shots of the lead. Who will tee off before four o'clock this afternoon? In fact, the only linkster that is on the course within seven shots of the lead is Ricky Fowler, who uh, is now through seven in his third round, and he is uh, let's see, seven shots back. But all the big swingers in this right now: Gary Woodland, Justin Rose, Rory McIlroy, um, Matt Wallace, Matt Kuchar. All of those guys tee off. Uh, along about 5.35, So they will be on the course right up until 10 o'clock tonight. That's your U.S. Open right now as uh, round three is underway, but not for anyone who is, at this point at least, a, a serious contender. It's that uh, time of the year again where concerts make their way through Riverbend and Rose Music Center. It's a great time of the year. It really is. And... Uh, one of the uh, acts that makes its way through here, it seems like every year, but uh, certainly this year in an act worth seeing is Kenny Wayne Shepherd. Kenny Wayne Shepherd, you know he's really and truly made it when you have other people covering his work, and that's exactly what we have here on this particular little snippet. This is Five Finger Death Punch, a cover of his Blue on Black hit from about... Was he like 22, 23 years ago? Uh, and uh, it was just released in April. There's a video that's out right now about it. It's a big deal for for Kenny Wayne, who uh, makes his way through Riverbend tomorrow. He was at the Rose Music Center earlier this week. But he was at the uh, Rose Music Center earlier this week, uh, I want to say on Tuesday. And we got to uh, visiting Kenny Wayne and I a couple of weeks ago on this show. About that and about his his new album that's out, The Traveler, which is a terrific piece of work. Uh, But anytime you have someone else covering your work, well, for example, on Kenny Wayne's new album, The Traveler, covers a song by Joe Walsh on that. uh, Terrific. We talked about Five Finger Death Punch here. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now it's a little over 20 years old. So there's a new generation of young people that are going to hear it for the first time. And if we're donating all the money that, that I, I would have received or that those guys would have received from a... Uh, you know, recording and, and performing it and, and getting it played. We're donating donating all that to the Gary Sinise Foundation, which all that money goes to first responders. So, you know, it's a very great cause. Chatting with um, Kenny Wayne Shepherd, his album has just dropped, The Traveler, and we're visiting about that and um, his life in music. And, uh, you know, as you know, um, Noah Hunt, and you just are a terrific pair. And Noah's our guy. He's, he's from Cincinnati. He's a Cincinnati guy. But he and I were visiting, gosh, it had to be about a year, year and a half ago, about, about how the two of you met how it came to be that that he joined your group what do you remember about all of that that happened gosh it's it's got to be close to 25 years ago yeah i mean we flew him down with 12 other guys and we held auditions and uh you know it's pretty obvious i mean it was between noah and this one other guy that they seemed like the two people for the job but i just had a really strong feeling about noah and everybody did pretty much that you know that had an opinion about it and so uh, he sounded great, and we took him out. We auditioned him and then with all those other people, and then we took him out. I figured I need to hang out with this guy and get to know him on a personal level. Uh, so I took him out that night. We hung out all night, and then we brought him back into the uh, rehearsal room the next day, did yeah. a few more songs, mm-hmm. sent him home, and then two weeks later we were in the studio recording Trouble Is. Wow. Wow, just like that. Just like that, and, and what a partnership. I mean, on the one hand, commercially, terrific partnership, but on the other hand, it sounds like personally, uh, this has been a terrific partnership for you. Yeah, you know, it, we're like brothers, and uh, you know, we've been together now over twenty years. And mm. um, even though I've started singing more uh, in the band, you know, it's like he's still very much and always will be a part of the band. And he's got such a great voice; it's really easy for me to just let him sing everything, and then I can just play guitar all night long. Um, you know, but what's cool about me singing more now is that you know the two of us kind of share the responsibilities and. It gives them a little bit of a break, and uh, it also gives us more uh, the area that we can cover musically because our voices are really different. So, right, you right. know, it gives us a broader range of material that we can cover. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, it works, uh, and it works terrifically. Kenny Wayne Shepherd, his album is out, The Traveler, and he's here to play some selections from that and also some of the great catalog he's built up over the last 25, 30 years. Tuesday night at the Rose Music Center in Huber Heights, and then one week from tonight at PNC Pavilion at Riverbend. Um, Kenny, uh, great. I appreciate this, man. Uh, Safe travels out this way, and uh, we'll be out to one of those two shows, I promise. Thank you so much, man. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Sometimes I feel like a man in a can About to go hurtling through So it, uh, that was, uh, we we talked to him last Sunday, so uh, still catching him if you want to at Sunday night, tomorrow night show at uh, PNC Pavilion over there at Riverbend. And uh, uh, 
Uh, it's a, it really is. He obviously a great guitar player, singing a little bit more now than he has in on some of his past albums, and uh, just a terrific talent. Uh, again, tomorrow night at uh, at Riverbend. Coming up on two forty five, two forty five. Uh, the latest on the Reds straight ahead, and then uh, a little snippet of something else too that we got to get to before we're all said and done on this Saturday afternoon and make way for Sterling. It's Saturday afternoons, and it's you and me right here on the home of the Reds, seven hundred WLW. Hugh Milford. Two fifty one News Radio seven hundred WLW. Welcome back, Ken Brew. Proud to be with you. So I know what you're asking yourself right now, or what you're asking me. You're saying, Ken, do you happen to have the red starting lineup for tonight? Well, aren't you in luck? Aren't you the lucky one? Yes, I do. Here you go. You ready? This is it. Leading off and uh, playing center field tonight. Nick Senzel, batting second at first base, Joey Votto. Third base tonight and hitting third, A. Eugenio Suarez. Batting cleanup tonight in right field, Yasiel Puig. Batting fifth in left field, Philip Irvin. Batting sixth at shortstop, Jose Iglesias. Catching tonight, hitting seventh, Kurt Casale. Batting second and hitting eighth tonight is Kyle Farmer. And on the mound for your Cincinnati Reds is the pitcher tonight, Tanner Roark. Again, Senzel Votto Suarez, Puig Irvin and Iglesias, Casale Farmer and Roark. There's your Reds starting lineup tonight if and when they play baseball. I say if and when, weather could always be a factor. So stay tuned and get your antenna up on that one. Uh, the Reds tonight, uh, they start uh, Tanner Roark. Now, uh, Tanner Roark has been an interesting study this year. He's 4-5, and 3.74 earned run average. And uh, earlier in the year, the victim of not a lot of run support. But if you look at him over the course of his last several starts, he's gone into the sixth inning in five of his last, uh, I'm sorry, into the fifth inning in uh, six of his last seven starts. He has uh, only had one clunker so far in this season, and that was when he went three and two-thirds on April the 29th against the Mets. So everything else has been at least a solid effort for Roark. He's lost his last two. But as I said, he uh, he went five against the uh, Phillies at his last timeout, six against the Nationals in the timeout before that, both of those were losses. And then five against the Cubs, five against the Dodgers, five against uh, the Cubs again, and six against the Oakland A's. And before that, six and two-thirds against San Francisco. So he had, he's had good performances so far in this, the 2019 season. like to see a little bit more from him. But what this team really needs more than anything else is production at the plate. If you look at raw numbers, on-base percentages aren't bad. Pretty darn good, by and large. If you look at average, I'm looking at it right now. I don't see anybody hitting over 300. If you look at home run production, Suarez has 15. Dietrich has 17. Winker has 10, and Puig has 11. Uh, That's not a lot. 
It's just, I mean, from the guys that have got to bop the ball, that's just not a lot. And although some of the power numbers are there and the RBI numbers are there, they're just, it's not good enough. It's not consistent enough. So if you look down the road, and I, again, all I'm looking at right now is there are eight games out of first place. Uh, as the way this team is constru- uh, constructed right now, this it, it's not built at this point, at this time, to contend. Look at the rest of what's going on in in Major League Baseball, and you just don't you don't, you just don't see it in in the National League Central Division. I mean, I don't. Maybe you do. I don't. But looking down the road, okay, because I am a glass half full guy. I really am. If they get Jeanette back in some sort of the same status that he had with this team last season at this time. In other words, a guy that can give you multiple at games, can drive in runs, can hit for power. Uh, If you're getting that from him, things may pick up a little bit because he does a lot of things, including he, he, he moves the line along. That helps. You then have that with what Dietrich has given you. You then have that with what Suarez is giving you. You then have that with what you're getting on the nights he does play from Iglesias, the nights he does play from Casale. And even Joey Votto is beginning to show signs of doing what he's done before, which is hit for average and get on base. And we didn't see that the first five or six weeks of the season. So am I saying that this team will be a contender when Jeanette comes back? Not in and of itself. But it will give you at least some semblance of a team that, frankly, has been struggling from an offensive standpoint. That is eight games right now out of first place. Who knows how many they'll be out after or by the time that Jeanette gets back. Maybe, Maybe more, maybe less. But let's just say it's in that workable number you might have a chance to to shake things up and contend in some way, shape, or form for something other than the regular season. Might. I don't see it, but you might. So that's what I think if you're a Reds fan, you should be looking for right now. Can it contend? Will it be able to get the same kinds of things out of its pitching staff that it's gotten out of its staff so far this year? And will the hitting, which has slowly been coming around, in some cases it's been accelerated, no doubt about that. But in the case of Puig, not enough. And in the case of um, Winker, not enough. In the case of Votto and what we expect from Votto, not enough. Does all of that happen and does all of that bring this team into a position where in September it may be knocking on the door and making some noise? I don't know. I think Jeanette's return will be a big boost. It could be a little too late. I'm willing to admit that as well. Uh, Tomorrow from 9 a.m. until noon, Sunday morning sports talk. On the show tomorrow, Seth Emerson. He's a writer for The Athletic, and he wrote a really, really good piece this week on the disappearance of the fullback in football. Where has it gone? As late as 20 years ago, NFL teams had fullbacks. They had, a, they had a duel of backfield. They had one guy who would just block and another guy that would carry the ball. And the guy that would just block, the fullback, could also on occasion carry, can, could also on occasion catch a ball out of the backfield. Now, 
if you're an NFL team, you're struggling to find fullbacks because college teams just don't use them anymore. What happened and why? Great piece. We'll talk to him about that. Also on the show tomorrow, James Herbert, CBSSports.com, covers the NBA for a living, native of Toronto, at the finals this year. The question becomes, was Toronto real or were they just a product of no Kevin Durant and at least in the final game of the season, no Clay Thompson? So we'll get into that with Herbert as the NBA season comes to a close. Our golf expert, Ryan Ballingy, will be along tomorrow to preview the final round of the Masters. However, round three turns out later on today. And at 10.05 tomorrow, I'll be joined by one of the best rock and roll guitarists ever, a guy you might not have heard of, but you know his work. Robert Berry will join us. He has played with a lot of folks, including Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, and finished an album that Greg Emerson started and could not finish because of his death. That's new. It has dropped. Barry is by to talk about his new group, The Alliance, and rock and roll music in general. That's the show tomorrow from 9 to noon. See you with that then. Stand by. Sterling is next on the home of your Cincinnati Reds. 700 WLW Cincinnati. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.